Welcome to the Fashion Your Passion podcast, your one-stop shop to finding your passion and living it out right now. I'm your host, Sammy Beatrice, a college student and passion coach committed to helping you, whether you're in school or working a nine-to-five, find your passion that you can do every single day and help you love your life a little bit more because of it. On this podcast, you will hear from successful guests as well as solo episodes from your host, all about tips on how to find your passion and how to implement it into your life, even when you feel like you don't have enough time to. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. This week, I am here with Jacqueline, who is a author, speaker, coach, and all around just an amazing, amazing woman. So Jacqueline, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Of course. I'm so excited. Can you give my listeners just a little bit more about who you are, what you do exactly, and dive into your journey to get to this point? Yeah. So today I am a motivational speaker, author, and life coach. I used to travel a lot pre-COVID to colleges, conferences, and corporations. And now I do a lot of virtual speaking, which is fun and new. Um, I work with a good amount of clients one-on-one. And in 2021, I am going to be creating some more courses so I could that I can reach more people and help more people. I've written two books. My second book came out a year ago. It's called Stop Getting in Your Own Way. And it's all about the fears, the bad habits, the limiting beliefs that held me back for a really long time, especially as a female entrepreneur. And yeah, so that's kind of who I am today. But my journey looks nothing like that. I didn't even know that any of this stuff existed. So my journey is kind of similar to yours, maybe a few years after you. I was a junior in college and I thought that I wanted to do a whole career in corporate marketing. I landed the big internship that summer and a few months into it, I was like, is this it? Like, I just thought that I was going to have all these like feelings of fulfillment and like love my job and have so much passion for it. And it just, it wasn't really there. I did a good job. The people I worked with were really nice. There was great culture. Like there was nothing inherently wrong with the space or anything like that. It was just not my passion. And so the first thought I had was this question of what if I could work for myself? That way I'd be working towards my own goals. So I'd feel more fulfilled just because I was working towards my own goals. Didn't matter what I was doing, what kind of business, but the fact that like I was going to set a goal and work towards it for me, not work towards it for some big company would probably make me feel good. And if I could do that and I could just make the same amount of money that I would in a starting salary here, then I'd be good. Mm -hmm. And it was this very like small little what if. And I mean, for some people that might feel big, right? Like replacing your job or career salary is not an easy feat. But when people hear me talk now, I have all these accolades and these big goals and I think it can be intimidating. So I like to take people back and know like it wasn't this huge grandiose idea from the very beginning. It was just a question, a thought, a wandering of, could I do that? And so I tried and I didn't quite replace the salary right away. It took me a bit of time. So I started at the beginning of my senior year and I didn't know what kind of business I wanted to start. Like I said, my idea wasn't like, I want to help people in this way. It was just like, I want to feel fulfilled. I want to work on my goals. So I wrote down business ideas every day in a journal for about 30 days. And then I decided that I was just going to pick one. 
And to be honest, all of my ideas were product ideas because the only thing I knew about business and specifically entrepreneurship was Shark Tank. (laughs) What I watched on TV, I mean, I was majoring in marketing and international business, but we didn't talk about startups. We talked about big companies and their problems. And so it was very different what I was learning in school versus what I was actually trying to do. Mm -hmm. So the first idea that I actually went with was this plate that I made to encourage people to eat healthier because I struggled with an eating disorder in college and wanted kind of a holistic approach to health. And I ran with it. I spent 10K on manufacturing these plates. I waitressed on campus for the whole first semester and I made about $4,000 and I saved that for the plates. And then um, my parents lent me $6,000 for the final amount and I was able to order them. They were a total failure. I lost all my money. I now am in debt because I owe my parents six grand. And there were a lot of problems. But the biggest thing was looking back that it just wasn't what I was meant to be doing. I could analyze what did I do wrong because I didn't know about business. And I didn't know about entrepreneurship. But the way that I really see my failures, especially the ones in the beginning, were a redirection. Like if I think about being the CEO of a plate company, I mean, you've been t- listening to me for even just a few minutes right now, and you already probably get the vibe that I like talking, I'm pretty good at it. And what I'm doing now is much more in alignment with my purpose and what I was put on this earth to do than making plates. So I didn't quite learn the lesson though when that happened because then I was like, okay, the plates aren't working. Let me try something else. So I tried an app and it also didn't work. The app sort of took the concept of the plate into technology. It included just like a holistic approach to wellness. And I worked with three different sets of developers. I spent more money this time. Well, I raised 20K on Kickstarter and I spent it all. So I paid my parents back and then I probably spent about 14,000 on app development, which really isn't a lot in the scheme of app development. But for me, that was like more money than I'd ever seen in my life. So it felt like a lot. And now we're towards the end of 2018. So I started all this in 2016. So like two, two and a half years into this and my business has lost money. Three calendar years I've been in business, 2016, 2017, 2018. I was living at home with my parents, graduated college now for a year and a half, all my friends working, you know, living in their own apartments, doing the real life thing. And here I am feeling like a total failure. And this is the part that really was hard. This is the part where I really wanted to give up. I think in the beginning, it was a little bit easier to fail when I was still in college. I was like, oh, I haven't even graduated college yet. Like, it's fine. And then even when I just graduate, like, oh, some people don't even have jobs yet. Like we're just figuring it out. But when I was a year and a half out of school and I was only losing money and my car broke down and I couldn't afford to buy even a used car and I had zero income, like this was my life. I just felt like, what am I even doing? Am I meant for this? Am I going to be able to figure this out? And A few things came into play that created a massive transformation for me that I'll share because I think they're helpful for anyone who might be failing. The first thing is I took it one step at a time. I knew deep down that I didn't want to quit. I knew I wanted to be successful, right? Like, I don't think anyone wants to truly fail. And the only failure that I see as real failure is giving up. And I knew that I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be successful like yesterday, but I I also didn't want to give up. So I knew that. So I'm like, okay, how can I get myself to not give up? 
just get through today and take the next step. And some days, I mean, I was devastated in bed for a week crying every day. Like that was my, that was real. It was hard. I'm not going to paint a picture that it wasn't because it was, but I would say, okay, Jacqueline, the next step is take a shower today. The next step is cook yourself a healthy meal. That's going to make you feel good. The next step is finish your homework. Cause I was still in school or when I had graduated, the next step maybe was see if there are any like side jobs you can do to make a little bit of money to buy that used car that you need to transport yourself in the world. And step-by-step, I figured it out. Step-by-step, I was able to pick myself back up and little by little find my way. So that was the one thing. And then the other two things that made a difference, one was listening to my intuition. I'm asking myself like, what do I really want? What am I meant to do? And trusting the whispers. On Christmas day, 2018, literally Christmas, you couldn't plan it. You just, I just, (laughs) <laughs> if, if this was in a movie, you would be like, this mor- movie's so corny. It's real. I woke up Christmas morning, full on conviction. I need to be a motivational speaker. Mm. I need to drop everything I have done. Let go of the app that failed. Let go of the plates, donate them somewhere, like move on and travel and speak and share my story. So I go downstairs on Christmas to tell my parents this. And of course, they're very concerned because their perception is that success comes from more time, more work, more hours. And I've already committed two and a half years to these goals and then I'm switching the goals. So I'm setting myself back. But what they don't understand is that our intuition is a fast track to where we're meant to be. And if we listen to it, you can quantum leap. You can get from where you are now to somewhere that feels so far off in the future in a really quick time span because it's our guiding light. It is our GPS system for how we're meant to live our lives. Um, And fortunately, my parents did support me. They cheered me on, but they were very confused. My dad asked if I wanted to be Oprah. And I was like, well, that's a great depiction of the impact I want to make on the world, right? And one step at a time, I did it. And by the way, I didn't have a story. Like when I talk about sharing my story, what was my story? That I failed? Yes, that was my story. I literally went on stages and I told people how to get back up when you fail, why your dreams are worth recommitting to them no matter how many times you fail. Mm -hmm. And that speech is what really created everything I have today. I wanted to touch on one more thing that really helped when I failed. So that third part of it was reflection. I did a lot of journaling. And so the way that I came to this motivational speaker epiphany, it felt like it popped out of nowhere. Genuinely, like I woke up that morning and I was like, what? You want me to do what? Intuition? But it didn't actually pop out of nowhere. It came from a lot of reflecting and journaling on who am I? What am I good at? What has actually worked in the past two and a half years? Because sometimes you feel like nothing is working. I'm not successful. That is the lens you're viewing it from. It is not the ultimate truth. I was very successful. I had helped a lot of people in those years. I didn't have money in my bank account to prove it, but it doesn't mean that I wasn't successful. So through that reflection, I realized, number one, that I was a really good speaker. I always was. It naturally came to me. I gave the presentations for the group projects in high school and college. And I also realized that in my business, The one thing that was actually working was that in order to promote my app, I was traveling to different colleges and I was sharing my story of struggling with my eating disorder in college to raise awareness, to just market what I was doing. And I would get these messages after I gave these, I didn't call them speeches, workshops, informational talks, sharing my story, whatever you want to call it. 
saying how this helped me so much. This really inspired me. I can really relate to you. I finally feel heard, like all these really genuine things. But because I had the lens of nothing's working, I'm a failure. I just miss that stuff. And so that's why journaling can be so powerful and asking the right questions. Like what is going well? What is working? What am I good at? Journaling on those things made me realize on that day that I had the epiphany that my intuition really came through, that that's what I was meant to do. But I'm not sure I would have had that intuitive download, whatever you want to call it, if I hadn't done that inner work. So those are just a few like tidbits of things that help me go from failing to succeeding. And to keep the rest of the story really short, once I started speaking, everything flowed. Yeah. Of course, there were more challenges and more failures. I could talk for like months and months and months on end about all the failures and all the lessons. And they just continue to come because we're always growing and we never have it all figured out. But it came much more intuitively. And that's kind of how I do what I do today. I absolutely love that. You are right. Our stories are very, very similar. I, all throughout high school, I sort of was dabbling in like all these different jobs of like teacher and then therapist and like all these different things. And like none of them, like just, they didn't sound right to me. And then I started the podcast my senior year of high school and then everything else just like flowed, you know? And then I did my podcast for my senior presentation, my senior project. And I did a presentation and I did my live podcast recording in front of like pretty much the whole school. And that like literally the second after it ended, I was like, I need to speak for the rest of my life. And that is all I need to do. I just went full force in that. I was like, I don't care what anyone else thinks. Like I'm going to California, I'm going to speak and that's it, you know? And so like since then, it's just, that's what it's been. And I think that a big thing that I emphasize now is like, it's okay to change what you want to do. It's okay to sort of say, oh wait, I sort of, I went too deep in that, but I want to change it now. Like, it's fine. It doesn't have to be like the minute you do something, you don't have to commit to it. And it's not set in stone. Like you have the ability, even if you're 50 years old and have been in the job for 30 years, you have the ability to sort of go from being in that job to starting your own business. Like it's just, no one ever said like, you have to stay put forever. So I absolutely, your story is just so inspiring. I want to really touch on a big piece of your story, which is mindset and really talk about like, what was your mindset through pretty much the whole journey, but through like the process of sort of stepping into finally what you felt like you really wanted to do. And sort of like in those moments where you're like, you know what, like no one's really catching on. I don't want to do this anymore. Like it's not worth it. Like what was your process of being like, you know what now, like actually, I should continue this and I should keep going because I'm going to grow eventually and you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So in the beginning, my mindset was awful, honestly. And my fiance likes to joke about this because he would literally like send me flowers because I would be down for weeks about like one thing that didn't go my way in my business. I would be like devastated. And he's like, yeah, that's like when people ask me about your success, like I'm going to talk about like how that changed because I think that's the biggest thing. Like, There's a quote, I don't know who said it. You probably have all heard it before, but it's something to the extent of if you want to double your success rate, like triple your failure rate or something like that. It's the Mm -hmm. essence of that. And when I had this, I would call it a scarcity mindset is what it was. It was rooted in a lot of like, if something didn't work, it would never work. And like, poor me, I was very victim-y when things didn't go my way. Like, no one wants to help me. No one wants to buy things from me. Like, why isn't this stuff working? And 
when I had that, it took me a really long time to get back up and try something else. And so my failure rate was actually really slow. Mm-hmm. Whereas like today, I fail 10 times a day. I come up with so many new ideas. I run them by people. I test things. I tweak. I play. I, I have no attachment to those pieces anymore. And it just took a lot of inner work. So the first thing I started doing was I started reading books. And this is why I'm an author. Like I just believe books are one of the most incredible things in the world. I think that they should be worth thousands of dollars to like buy a book. Like I can't even believe that we charge $10, $15 for a book when like courses or speakers are paid so much more. It's just because the value is so powerful. And so, but I love it because one of my big passions is helping people across all income levels, all backgrounds, because you can't control what happened to you in the past, where you were born, the circumstances. You don't have a say in that, but what you do have a say in is your future. And so the fact that you can go to a library and get a free book and most books are in libraries, or Mm -hmm. you could save up $10. That is so powerful. And that's where I started because I didn't have any money. I was in debt and my parents they weren't well off. You know, we grew up very struggling with money. And so it's not like they could just give me any more. So it was, it was tough and books were my savior. So I love talking books. If you want to talk books or book recommendations, anyone who has like specific topics, I read a lot. I read every single day. It's a committed practice for me. It's very important to me, but my relationship with reading has changed. Cause when I first started reading these books, I thought that there was a secret. I was always looking, this next book, it's going to be the thing. And I realized, and every course and every coach I hired, I mean, I've invested tens of thousands of dollars in my business just in the learning side of it. And I realized that there's no secret. And when you let go of that and you understand that we need motivation every day, we were talking about this before we started recording, our brains need to be fed the same way your belly needs to be fed. So consume content that lights you up, that fires you up, that gets you going. Consume content that's what you need to hear. In the seasons where I was burnt out, I needed to hear content that was like, slow down, listen to your body. You do not need to do it all. And in the seasons where I was like, there's a pandemic. I don't want to take off my pajamas. I needed some like your dreams. They're waiting for you. Get after them. And so like really being able to know yourself and consume what you need and tune into that. It's so much inner wisdom. And when you understand that everything you read and everything you learn is going to bring you value, even if you've heard the same message, the same theme over and over again, over again, it's the way that speaker or that author said it. It's their story, their experience that helped you not just know it, but understand the concept and actually be able to apply it. It's the tangible step they gave you that really helped you. And so when you kind of shift your relationship with learning and mindset in general to one that's more open and not looking for the secret, you know that the secret's inside you, inside your heart. And so that's really important when we talk about reading and just any kind of learning. But that's where my mindset journey really started and then grew with podcasts, courses, coaches, all kinds of things. and. It really came from doing deep inner work in specific areas of my life that I needed to. And it started with the most necessary. So a lot of people are like, where do I start, Jacqueline? I want to change my whole life. I want like all areas, like I'm a life coach. So I work with my clients on like everything, relationships, business, career, money, like 
we talk about all things, mm-hmm. but we do it one at a time. And oftentimes what happens is the one area of your life overflows to another. So I've seen like, for example, my one client, she really wanted to attract, meet more soulmate friends, like friends that really just get it and are kind of on the same journey as her. And through her like work with her business, she met those people. And so it's, it's kind of beautiful how our life is not in boxes. And so it all kind of spills over. So for me, the biggest mindset work in the beginning was just believing that I could be successful. Yeah. Like doing so much inner work on that. I love affirmations. They really work for me. They might not work for you. They might be the best thing for you. There's a lot of science behind them and why they work. But the one thing I've learned in this industry is that we're all different. And when I first started coaching, when I first started teaching, I would look at my experiences and I would be like, this is what you do. Step one, step two, step three. And then I had a few clients who'd be like, I tried the steps and they didn't work for me. And I'm like, why? And they'd be like, well, it didn't feel right. Or didn't, it wasn't aligned or I would rather do it this way. And so what I learned about people is that we're so unique and we all have our own operating systems. Somebody's a PC, somebody's a Mac, and that's great. And there's not a right way. So whenever you're consuming content about anything, really, take what you need. Take what feels good in your heart, in your soul. And if affirmations are something that really helps you the way they help me, run with them. If you try them and you're like, "Mm, they're not the thing, maybe try meditation, maybe try visualization. And I do a combination of all pretty much spiritual and mindset techniques. I do EFT tapping. I journal every day. I do a lot of different things, but affirmations were probably the biggest thing with my mindset and a lot of affirmations around this concept that like I was capable and I could do it. And then once I built that and I believed I could do it, then it was like waiting to see the success I wanted and, or I was seeing success, but like, was it enough and all of that. And so a lot of my journey then became enoughness and why I'm good enough, why I'm worthy, why my success has nothing to do with my worthiness, even my purpose. I go to the extreme of like, we talk about purpose a lot. I don't believe that our purpose is rooted in our career. I believe that our career can be an expression of our purpose, Mm -hmm. but our purpose is who we are as a human being. And if it's just fulfilled through our career, it means there's no point of living when you're not working, which Mm -hmm. promotes workaholism and a lot of negative things in life. So It's like, I did so much inner work to just believe that like I was a valuable human being because of the essence of who I am and the smile I give the cashier at the grocery store and the good friend I am to a friend who's in need and all those things. So that was really powerful for me and some of my mindset work. And then today, a lot of my work is really around releasing blocks, releasing fears, like every level, there's more that comes up, right? And so... I'm going to another level. I'm expanding my business. I'm scaling it. I'm getting into like a bit of a different market for speaking, charging a lot more money than I used to. And so with all of that comes just constant up-leveling. And so really just getting behind the fact that I'm worthy and deserving, letting go of stories. And maybe the stories are real. It came from experiences I had in business, hard Mm -hmm. times, challenges, but it doesn't mean that it always has to be hard. And so really unlocking that And the last thing I want to say about mindset, the biggest transformation, if you're going to take one thing away from this conversation about mindset, the thing that I think made the biggest difference of all was stepping into the identity of the person who had the things that I wanted. And that's talked Mm -hmm. about a lot in manifestation, but just to make it really tangible for you, when I, after I had that epiphany of I wanted to be a motivational speaker, 
I decided that that was who I was. And so it wasn't like I want to be this person. It was, I am a motivational speaker. A lot of people feel uncomfortable with this whole concept because they're like, aren't you lying? And how do you step into this identity? But it's like, if you decide you're going to be, you are number one. And number two, there's probably already evidence in your life for whatever it is you want. Like I have a friend who just started a coaching business and she's like, well, I'm trying to do this affirmation that like, I'm a coach and start telling people that, but I don't believe it because I've never had a client. And I'm like, really? Because you've coached me about 10,000 times in our friendship. So you're a coach. Who else do you coach on a daily basis? Oh, her boyfriend, her mom, her sister, right? And so we can find the evidence. It's always there. We just have to look for it. So you might have to dig a lot in the beginning. It's really stretching the truth a little bit, but it's okay. It's, it's a good stretch. It's serving you. Oh, yeah. So I stepped into that identity and some of the ways I actually tangibly stepped into it, some of the action steps I took, made my website, put it all over my website. I'm this in-demand motivational speaker. Who says I'm not in demand? The people are freaking coming to me. And guess what? They did. They actually did. I started taking some like more fun manifestation action steps where I would do things like get my hair highlighted and buy the dresses that I was going to wear on stage or the shoes I was going to wear on stage. And I didn't spend a lot of money, only maybe a few hundred dollars total. But it was this essence that it was happening and that I was like, I had the gigs, even though I didn't yet have them. And I, sometimes I was in uncomfortable conversations. Like I remember my hairdresser was like, I told her I was getting my hair highlighted because I was going to be giving all these speeches and I wanted to feel confident on stage. And I loved having my hair highlighted. And she's like, oh, so where are you going to be speaking? And I hadn't booked a single gig yet. Um, so I'm like, well, I'm in talks with colleges across the country and I'll probably be speaking everywhere, West Coast, East Coast, Midwest. I'm really excited. And it was true. I ended up speaking all those places um, and I just spoke it into existence. So that's like the quantum leap for me because, and I say this because 2018 to 2019, my business is revenue 10 X, which is like just amazing, massive growth. And so that's one of the biggest things, but the mindset journey does continue the whole way. I love that. And you answered my question of how like the manifestation ever sort of apply to you in that process. So thank you for that. But I really want to know, like, how has COVID impacted your speaking career? Yeah, it's been beautiful. Honestly, I always look at the bright side and I always believe that everything's happening in my favor. That's one of my affirmations. The universe is conspiring in my favor. Everything's happening in my favor. Of course, COVID is absolutely awful. I wish it wasn't happening. There are so many horrible things, people sick, people losing jobs, businesses going under. It's it's yeah. very, very sad. But I feel very fortunate to have an online business. And the way I see it is like in life, you either can choose to love what you have or you can choose to try to change it. Right. And it's not right or wrong either way. Sometimes you need to change it. Sometimes you're in a crappy job that you hate or you're studying a major that doesn't light you up. Right. But I think a lot of times, especially as you start to take those action steps to change it, we try to change things that don't need to be changed. Mm -hmm. And if we just changed our mindset, and it's like Cheryl Crow, I think it is, she has that lyric. It's not about, having what you want. It's about wanting what you got. That's what it is. It's how can you shift that? And so when COVID came, I just accepted it. I feel like I try to see myself as like a neutral observer of circumstances that are not in my control. Mm -hmm. And a pandemic is not in my control. So then I said, how can this support me? How can this be happening for me? How can this be happening in my favor? And so I leaned into a few things. The first thing I leaned into was 
this is an opportunity for me to grow my audience. And my audience has grown by like a thousand people in the past year. So it's not like massive, massive, but it was really great to be able to connect with all those people. And a lot of it was through speaking and podcasting because I wasn't traveling. And so I had, number one, I could speak for a lot less money because I didn't have to travel. And so if it's going to take me only an hour of my time versus three days of my time, it's a big difference. Mm. And number two, because I wasn't traveling, I didn't have to block off all those days on my calendar. So I wasn't in an airport. I can't do a podcast in an airport unless you want to hear crappy sound quality on my AirPods, right? (laughs) But now that I'm home all the time, I've been on like probably like 50 podcasts this year, honestly, like probably close to one a week. Like my team is amazing. And the more I do, and this is kind of, a good teaching point for like this concept in manifestation and in physics, an object in motion stays in motion. It's one of Newton's laws. Like once I started doing them, they started coming to me inbound. So that's kind of a cool thing. Like once you start putting yourself out there, the opportunities start flowing to you. And so that's one way that COVID has really benefited my speaking. Another thing that it's helped me do, like as a speaker, like I have a pretty robust business. Speaking isn't my only income stream. And, you know, I've thought a lot about this because There are some people who tell me like they want to be a motivational speaker. How do they build their business? And I will say one of the reasons that I'm doing well during a pandemic is because I have multiple income streams. Mm. So full transparency, I made less money in 2020 from speaking than I did in 2019. Right. Because gigs weren't paying as much. Events were canceled and just pushed back to the next year. All kinds of things. But I have other income streams like my books, courses, coaching. So that made a big difference for me. And so I used COVID to to really look at the health of my business and reflect on how can I create a business that is something that I absolutely love and am passionate about and, and want to wake up doing every day that supports me and my financial goals. I have big financial goals. I am not embarrassed to share them. I want to make lots and lots of money and use it for good in the world and live an amazing life because I deserve it. And so do you. Mm -hmm. And how can you do both? And you can. And sometimes you need to slow down to speed up, to plan, and also to give yourself that space for clarity. Because I had done a lot of different like models of coaching and launching things and really trying to figure out like, what's my style? What's my style of selling? Because there's a lot of stories that we have around sales and money that I had to work through. And so I use it as a time to figure out my other income streams and what I wanted them to look like both in 2020 and beyond. So like, how do I build the building blocks so that I can scale? So a huge part of my 2021 goals is scaling. And now I grew my audience and I have more people who want to buy stuff from me, want to learn more from me. And now I can create those things and launch them in a way that's aligned with me, that fits into my business and all those things. So it's been a different year, obviously. And I deeply miss in-person events. I love the feeling. It's like, it's like a high, which is almost dangerous (laughs) of like specifically flying. Trains are cool too. But the fact that you get in like a little tube and you go across the country and people pay you thousands of dollars and pay you to get in that little tube to hear what you have to say. It's just like, wow, how cool is that? It's just the coolest thing in the world. So I miss that. I miss that whole part of it. I get so excited on the plane and I'm like practicing for my speech. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is happening. Like every time, no matter how many speeches I give, 
I just love, I love seeing new places. I love, and I always bring someone. I am not a soul traveler. I'm with my mama, my fiance, my dad. We're traveling the world together. So I miss that. I miss that a lot. And so um, I never want to only highlight the good, but rather you can accept, you can miss things. You can say you're excited for when you're able to do that again. And you can make the best of the current circumstances. And that's what I feel like I did with speaking during the pandemic. Yeah, I love that because I think for me, like I came out to California and I was like, I was so gung-ho about like, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to go drive around and go to speaking gigs and stuff like that. And then first semester I focused on school and then second semester it was like, oh, here we go. We're going home, you know, like back to New York, can't go out anywhere. Like that's the whole thing. And so I think that for me, I had to switch to, okay, maybe sort of my more passive sort of income opportunities have to come first instead of coming second. And so I had I switched that all around because I realized like, okay, yes, this may not happen and I'll, I'll be grateful when it does happen. But for now, it's not happening. So I sort of had to switch around my whole plan, which is fine because plans shouldn't be in stone, really. And so I just wanted to know your perspective on that just as a little... Uh, selfish question of mine. <laughs> no, I love it. Ask all the selfish questions. No, I mean, just cause like, I just, I don't know. I really, to you a lot. So I just want to know your, your secrets. <laughs> well, before we roll into the final question, I want you to tell everyone where they can find you on the web and on social. Yeah. My website is just my name, JacquelineDeGregorio.com. I'm also Jacqueline DeGregorio on pretty much all social media since are a lot of your listeners like younger? Mm-hmm. So I don't have TikTok. I figure I should mention that. The best <laughs> place is Instagram. But if you love podcasts, which I'm sure you do if you're here, you can also listen to me on the Spark Your Light podcast. Yeah, I would love to connect with you guys. Yeah, and all her links will be down below in the show notes. And let's roll into the final question. So this is a question that I've asked every single guest who has ever been on and based off of the title of this podcast, which is Fashion Your Passion, what is one tip that you would give those who are dreaming based off how you have fashioned your passion? Start literally as soon as this episode ends, do something. Yeah, It is not about taking the right action. It is about taking consistent action. Mm-hmm. And the way I see it is like the sooner you start, the sooner you'll be living your dream life. And I'm so, so, so grateful. Like if I could go back in time and like, I would hug myself so hard that I would probably break all the bones in my body for just starting with my silly plate idea that didn't take off. And then my silly app idea that didn't take off. And then my crazy transformation to go for the speaking and all the things I did, I would just like hug myself so much and say, thank you. And I feel like so many people, they just wait and they wait and they try to plan and have it all figured out. You just mentioned plans change. That is inevitable, whether there's a pandemic or not, because you're not the only one in control. We co-create our reality with God, universe, angels, source, your higher self, whatever you want to call it, whatever you believe in. There's magic happening behind the scenes. It's, it's not just like, I'm in control. I made this plan. I achieved it. And if you don't start, you'll never be able to learn the lessons. You'll never be able to be guided. You'll never have those intuitive downloads and that guidance and all these things you want. So Take the first action step today. It doesn't have to be a lot. I am not like hustle your brains off. That's not my message by any means. I like an aligned hustle. That's what I call it. When you feel good and you're excited and you have boundaries and all the things, the self-care, we do it all. 
but start with one step. I remember my first step was, and I'm not recommending this be your first step, by the way. There was no forethought here, but I formed an LLC. I went on like some website that helped you do it. And I was like, I'm a real business. And I felt great. And then the next day I did like one more thing. So just start, write down an idea in a journal, like commit to doing one thing towards your passion today. That's my best piece of advice. And every day going forward, maybe not the weekends, maybe take some time off because that's important. I don't work on the weekends. And when I did, I hated my business and my life. So I recommend that you have lots of boundaries, but daily consistent actions are really important. I love that so, so, so much. Beckham, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It has truly, truly, truly been an incredible episode. For those listening, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. I read every single one of them and love them and appreciate them so much. As well, don't forget to screenshot you listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, and let us know what you learned. And do not forget to tag us. And I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I hope you learned something from this episode. And if you did, don't forget to screenshot you listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, and tag me at Fashion Your Passion podcast. I love hearing what you learned. As well, do not forget to scroll down and leave a rating and review. I love to read those too and know what you guys are thinking about the podcast. Be sure to tell all of your friends about this podcast because I want to spread this to as many teens as possible. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.